My name is Anthony P. Richards. I'm a pastor and I started this podcast channel to equip, encourage, inspire and challenge you to passionately live to your potential in Christ through the Word of God. For more information, you can go to my YouTube channel, Anthony P. Richards. Welcome to another day as we continue our journey through the Word of God. Today we are continuing through Matthew chapter 27 and we're going to be looking at verses 50 to 56 today, which is where Jesus has uh, finished his work on the cross and this is where he yields up his spirit. And it's the last words of Jesus that we hear here. Jesus cried out with a again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. Uh, you know, what's really interesting is that most victims of crucifixion would spend the last hours of their time on the cross totally unconscious and they were completely exhausted. But Jesus wasn't like this. He had been tortured. He'd been weakened. He was conscious. He was able to speak right up into the moment of death. And Bruce says this, the fathers found in the loud cry a proof that Jesus died voluntarily, not from physical exhaustion. Some modern con- commentators, on the contrary, regard the cry as the utterance of one dying of a ruptured heart. Uh, John 19 tells us that Jesus said, it is finished, which is one word in the ancient Greek, tetelestai, which means paid in full. This was the cry of a winner because Jesus fully paid the debt of a sin that we owed and finished the eternal purpose of the cross. And he yields up his spirit. Nobody took Jesus' life from him. Jesus, unlike anybody else, yielded up his spirit. Death had no hold over him. He was the sinless son of God. He stood in the place of sinners and never became a sinner himself. That was the only way that he could die in a way where he could yield up his spirit. He took on your sin and my sin, but he did not become a sinner. Jesus said in John 10, I lay down my life that I may take it again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down and I have power to take it again. Clark said this, every man since the fall has not only been liable to death, but has deserved it as all have forfeited their lives because of sin. Jesus Christ was born immaculate and having never sinned, had not forfeited his life and therefore may be considered as naturally and properly immortal. Augustine said this just a couple of hundred years after Jesus. He gave up his life because he willed it when he willed it and as he willed it. So then something amazing happens. We go on to read in verse 51. Then behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom and the earth quaked, the rocks were split, the graves were opened and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised and coming out of the graves after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. So when the centurion and those with him who were guarding Jesus saw the earthquake and the things that had happened, they feared greatly, saying, Truly this was the Son of God. And many women who followed Jesus from Galilee, ministering to him, were there looking on from afar, among whom were Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Joseph, and the mother of Zebedee's sons. The veil in the temple was uh, huge, 60 feet high, uh, 
It was about 18 inches thick and it was what separated the Holy of Holies uh, from every other part of the temple. And it was a massive veil. And what was amazing about it, can you imagine being one of the high priests in there at the time and you're watching it and this, this, this physical piece of massive curtain tears from top to bottom. It wasn't from the bottom. Man didn't tear it. God tore it. God tore it. It was God who did the tearing. And Acts chapter 6, verse 7, uh, says that the great many of the priests were obedient to the faith. I bet they were because they would have seen that and they were like, yeah, Jesus really was the son of God. And that was a great demonstration of the greatness of the work of Jesus on the cross. And no doubt the only way that veil tearing could have become common knowledge is if the priests actually told people uh, because there was no other way to get in there. Nobody else was allowed in. So how, how would they have known unless one of the priests told everybody? The earth quaked and the rocks split. Nature itself was shaken by the death of Jesus on the Son of the Son of God on the cross. Spurgeon said, Men's hearts did not respond to the agonizing cries of the dying Redeemer, but the rocks responded. The rocks were rent and split. However, he did not die for rocks, yet rocks were more tender than the hearts of men for whom he did shed his blood. That's a great observation, I tell you that. Now uh this uh, scene of the graves opening and dead people coming out of the graves, we have to understand that there, there's some grammatical um, uh, extrapolations we need to make here. The graves were opened on the Friday, but the bodies didn't come out of the graves until the Sunday after the resurrection. So the graves are opened when the veil tears in two. So that's amazing in itself. And then three days later, we have dead people coming up out of their uh, graves and then start walking around the city. It's it's one of the strangest passages in the Gospel of Matthew. And we don't know much about it from any other source. Uh, And Matthew doesn't give us a whole lot of detail. Um. These were people who were uh, people raised from the dead. They weren't resurrected. They eventually did die again, the same as Lazarus. Uh, they weren't. They weren't resurrected like Jesus, who then lived forever. And it would have been an amazing sight to see people that you knew who were dead walking through the streets. That must have happened with some people. And that's yeah. You know, this just causes people to go. Truly, this was the Son of God. Um, that was a Roman centurion. These are the hardest of the hard that said that. Also, though, most notably, the man that had the greatest faith that Jesus ever saw was the, the centurion, uh, which I think is amazing. And this Roman centurion that said this was the son of God uh, was somebody who'd watched so many hundreds of people die and uh, has been crucified on the cross. But he knew there was something very different about Jesus. And uh, Jesus really is the Son of God. He just The centurion said something different. He said he was the Son of God. He didn't realize that he still is. He got the, he got the tense wrong um, because he thought he was dead. But, um, yeah, Jesus, Jesus was alive and still is alive. 
And then we see uh, this interesting statement here about the women who followed Jesus from Galilee, ministering to him, and they were looking on from afar. Uh, Jesus made an incredible impact upon the rough and tough and hearted men like the Roman centurion. But he also made an incredible impact upon women, even women like Mary Magdalene. Mary Magdalene was a demon-possessed woman who followed Jesus from Galilee. You read about her story in Luke chapter 8. Women were not in society treated equally to men. And Jesus did treat them with such incredible love and compassion. See, he had an ability to impact tough centurions, but also tender women, which is really amazing. Uh, Adam Clark says, To their everlasting honour, these women evidenced more courage and affectionate attachment to their Lord and Master than the disciples did, who had promised to die with him rather than forsake him. Now, that's one of the things I've always admired about uh, these wonderful women is that they had way more courage than the men. These are the women that went to the tomb. They went to the tomb. None of the disciples did. And we see here an ability for these women uh, to display their devotion to Jesus. And they did it through their own courage. Now, let's think about who was at the cross on this day. Who's watching Jesus die on the cross? Well, everybody. Men and women are watching. Jews are watching. Gentiles. There's rich people. There's poor people. There's religious people. People who don't care about religion. There's people who are guilty. People who are innocent. People who hated Jesus. People who loved Jesus. People who were oppressors. People who were oppressed. Uh, there were people who were smart, educated, people who were not so smart, uneducated, people who were deeply moved by what they were seeing, people who were indifferent to what they were seeing. There were different races, different nationalities, different cultures, different languages, different classes. And Morgan says this, that mixed crowd was surely a prophecy. All sorts and conditions of men and women have been attracted by that cross. Which leads me to my observation today, after we've just looked at these verses. Uh, everybody, every single person has a chance to know God, either through the spreading of the gospel or by his revelation in creation. Let's, let, let's, let's read uh, a passage that just, because I think it's, it's poignant to read it, right now Romans chapter 1 verse 20 for since the creation of of the world his God's invisible attributes are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made even his eternal power and Godhead so that they are without excuse see our excuses are taken away by creation and by the gospel message Anybody who was there on the day of Jesus' death on the cross certainly had no excuse. Anybody who watched those bodies come out of the grave three days later after they were open for three days, I wonder what happened. Can you imagine like people like wandering over to the grave? Why is the grave open? Uh, 
Those people had no excuse. The people that saw Jesus afterwards, no excuse. You and I have no excuse. We have creation. We look up. We see the evidence of God's handiwork. Let's make sure we don't ever make excuses for our rejection of Jesus. And let's have the courage of these women. Man, they were amazing. I'm so inspired by them. I really am. And so to all the ladies watching this today, uh, have that courage. Have the courage of Mary Magdalene um, to pursue Jesus at close quarters without any regard of what other people think. Heavenly Father, thank you for the revelation of your word today. Thank you that we've all had an opportunity to witness what Jesus has done on the cross and God, what you've done in creation. And we understand that we have a Savior who died on a cross for us, defeated sin and death, so that we might live in Jesus' name. Thank you so much for listening. For more content, please don't forget to check out my YouTube channel, Anthony P. Richards. Have a great day. Thank you.